from New York City. A podcast from working actors, directors, and playwrights. This is the Cry Havoc Company. Hello, and welcome to the Cry Havoc Podcast. Today around the table we have... Carrie Flanagan, I'm an actor. Jenny Curlin, I'm an actor. Tim Davis, I'm an actor and a writer. Jen Reichert, I'm a writer. And Kit Lavoy, I'm a playwright and director. Today we're going to be talking about the value in theater of regular collaborators. I remember uh, pretty vividly when I was in college talking with a director who was a guest director coming in to work with us, and he asked if any of the roles were pre-cast, and I remember being fairly horrified by that. The idea that you could, you should never pre-cast something. What are you talking about? And in in talking with him, came to find that in the real world there are very very many roles that are pre-cast, and that directors tend to work very often with the same actors repeatedly, and often with the same designers, uh, and often playwrights work with the same directors. And I remember thinking at the time that that was fairly lazy, <laughs> but uh, but then have come to realize over time that that really is an important part of the way that the business and the art of theater work. And um, if you look, there are all manner of famous examples of people who collaborate often. Uh, Scorsese and De Niro as director and actor, Bogie and Bacall as actors, David Mamet and William H. Macy uh, as a playwright and actor. And uh, even if you look at Shakespeare, he had the King's Men. And Richard Burbage originated the roles of Hamlet and Othello and Richard III. Uh, and Robert Armin played Touchstone and Festy and the Fool in Lear. And certainly sitting around this table today are some of my most long-term collaborators. And I was actually thinking about this uh, this week and realizing that I've been working with Jen for 17 years on over 25 different projects, Kerry for over 15 years, Tim for over 12, and Jenny uh, only for nine, but we've worked on <laughs> <So> over... young. <laughs> <laughs> but we've worked on over 30 projects together in that time. So for me, at least, this is a great group of people to talk about this with. And so uh, let's kick off. What do you guys think about having regular collaborators, how important is it to you to have them? I think it's just, it, things go so much more smoothly when you know what you're in for in, in a process. And so if you have people who are skilled at what they do and you know how they work, things just go so much easier than an unknown quantity. They could be great, they could be really talented, but they might be crazy, you never know. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's these, it's, the hitches that you want to avoid in the process by having somebody you know what their process is, you know what to expect from them. And I think building a set of long-term collaborators over time is important to, yes, you have to work with people you don't know all the time. And then when you find somebody who you mesh with, you kind of collect them and go on to the next project so that, and maybe eventually you'll have, you know, several of lighting designer or stage manager or you know this type of actor and then you can go with who's available you know for this project but it takes time to build up a set of trusted collaborators the other thing about having regular collaborators is that even more than 
how you know, I think it's in, in, important to understand how you'll work together in a rehearsal room, how you work together uh, on stage in performance. Even more important than that is you develop an affinity for for each other's sort of sensibilities. So you sort of have an idea of of how the project is going to develop and the actual story you're going to be telling before you even you know, have that initial meeting before you even have the initial first table read or the first rehearsal. The risk of, of, of working on any project with people you haven't worked with before is just how your sensibilities, your different sensibilities will either clash or mesh. And I know several times I've been disappointed on projects, not because there was any specific disparity in talent or temperament, but I got in the room thinking that this, you know, having some very specific ideas on how the story was going to be told. I mean, we're playing, we're doing this play, and I have some real specific ideas about that. And discovering that someone else in the room, uh, and, and usually in those cases, I'm the actor, and, and I'm working with, with, you know, a director I haven't worked with before, and they have a completely different sensibility about that play, and just a simply a, a different perspective on that play. And as an actor in that case, where where you you have to defer to, at least you know it's it's a collaboration, but you do have to defer somewhat to the director's worldview. It, it's sort of disappointing when you get in that room and we're sort of excited by the play that you thought you would be exploring and realizing it's just going to be a different story. Well, I think that gets into the fact that that acting and directing and writing and it really is both an art and a craft. And candidly, usually on this podcast, we talk about the craft. You know, we talk about what is the work that you have to do um, to do your job as well as possible. But there really is a degree to which um, all of those uh, elements of theater are an art, and the sensibility of the artist really comes into play. And I think that's 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 uh, part of at least what you're talking about, Tim, with you know the idea that there are things that I, as a writer and a director, am interested in. And when I find an actor or a writer or a director or a designer who are interested in the same kinds of things and exploring the same elements of the human experience, for lack of a better term, you know, those are people who I am interested in working with again because I know that we're going to be doing the same play or the same production of whatever play it is that we're doing together. Yeah. It's also nice to... Um along with that to to walk into a room with people that know you know your process they you know how to get the best out of each other and more importantly when you get down the line you get into more maybe shorter rehearsal processes more uh, higher commercial production you have developed by that time a shorthand to mm -hmm. access what you need quicker because you already speak the same language yeah that one of my very favorite stories of that actually was directing Tim in in Macbeth and to this day I can't remember exactly uh, we may have told this story before but it's it's apt I can't remember exactly what happened but I remember pulling him aside at one point and saying all right what did he have for breakfast this morning and I remember you going okay got it thanks a lot and went in and did something terrific but there was, there was something about that was the note instead of a 5 minute discussion um, that you know I I knew whatever it was that was going on in your life or what you were doing with the character and the way you thought about things that that was going to mean something to you. Yeah. You know, the other thing about having regular collaborators that, that you trust and you sort of understand each other's sensibilities is there's an empowerment to even go out and, and, and seek pieces that you want to work on. Currently, I mean, there, there's so many reasons, like particularly from an actor's perspective, there's so many reasons why you take 
a job. And sometimes it's because you literally need the work. Sometimes it's because this is the only thing available to you. You need to get back on stage or, you know, I mean, in a lot of cases, just because you need the work and this is what's available. So it's really kind of exciting when someone comes to you beforehand, someone you trust and you know, and sort of understands your perspective and, and your worldview about how things, you know, function artistically and in, in, in the world at large, when they come to you and say, I want to work on, on this specific piece, and you already sort of have a, uh, at least an initial understanding of how the thrust of that piece is going to go. And I think that's exciting when you feel, I think an artist can feel a little more empowered. You know, uh, Ethan Hawke, who's directing Lie the Mind down at Theatre Row, uh, he obviously has an affinity for, for Sam Shepard. He's acted in, 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 in several of Sam Shepard's works. And uh, I believe Josh Hamilton is appearing in, in, in this production of Lie of the Mind as well. And he's worked with, with Josh Hamilton a lot. And so there's, there's clearly some sort of, I don't have any insight into their personal or professional relationship, but it's clear that they, they're in a position where they can choose what they want to work on and they can choose who they want to work with, which is a, an enviable position to be in, particularly in New York. And they're clearly choosing to work with each other on specific pieces. So there's... For, you know, I, I would I would submit that for them having that regular collaboration is, is empowering because it's something they're they they're and satisfying because it's something they're choosing to do repeatedly. And I think it's it's actually worth saying, and I think looking back on, on my introduction of the topic, that there also is something that's thrilling about finding a new collaborator mm -hmm. and working with new people. I, I don't think any of us, although maybe we would, I'd be interested to know, would would recommend finding seven people you want to work with and calling it a day. Um, <laughs> you know, but theater really is a collaborative art, obviously, and every single person involved with it is a variable that goes into how it's going to turn out. And, you know, there is a degree to which the more variables there are, the more complicated, the higher the level of difficulty there is to sticking the landing on the production. And, you know, I, I just know, I mean, again, I am always looking for new people who I'm interested in working with. Um, rarely, there are certainly are occasions where I work with people or work on productions where I've worked with everyone involved in it before. But usually it's a mix. That said, I also do personally find it important to have an anchor, at least, in the production. I, I was actually thinking about it, that I think in the past 15 years there have been two productions that I've worked on where I have not worked with anyone else in it before. And one of them was the first Romeo and Juliet where we did where I met Jenny, who then became a, a very regular collaborator. And then when I worked on uh, 110 in the Shade on, on Broadway, I got a, a fellowship to work on that. And But that then turned into I've worked on many productions um, with the director of that show since then and also um, with a number of other people who I met on, on that. But... I, though, will say that I'm a director and a playwright and the artistic director of a theater. So I actually have a level of, of freedom in that regard of choosing who I work with. So that's something where I actually know, again, because Jenny is, is very often my associate director on things that she's not in uh, that I direct, that when somebody hires me, I say, and I have someone I'm going to be bringing with me, which is not an option that actors have. So... That would be awesome. <laughs> I'm going to have some people I'll be bringing with me. <laughs> so I, I, I'm actually interested then, you know, because I suspect actually you guys probably have had more experiences on working on projects where 
you don't know anyone you're working with. That may not be true, but, but what for you guys is the difference between those experiences? Well, there is, just by the nature of, of how a production is put together, that, that you know, the actor can be a bit more of a hired gun. You know, there's, there's, you know in, in preparing for this topic, I was, you know, it was interesting to me how many of the, the productions I've been in where I was with regular collaborators, that you know, people I work with consistently, and the majority of the work that I've done seems to have been in a situation where, where I hadn't worked with people before, and I think as you said, Kit, that's just that's just the nature of what it is. And I think in either situation, you're you're looking you're looking to define relationships, artistic relationships with the people to 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 better your your working situation. To sort of have a, I like having a shorthand with with the people I work with. Um, if, for me, particularly as an actor, there's there's a point where I don't like talking about the work too much. I don't like having discussions about it. The, the benefit of, of having a regular collaborator in that case is, is, as we talked about, you can have a shorthand. And so there's always, in, in you know, the benefit of, of being sort of hired gun and walking into a situation where you haven't worked with people before is it's sort, of ref, it, it's sort of fresh and stimulating because I'm literally looking to develop relationships mm -hmm. and, and sort of constantly evaluating how that relationship is going to develop, what's, how, you know, with another actor, with the director, what's the process that's going to, you know, how are we going to define this relationship in, in, a, in a working capacity? So it's it's fresh and exciting, but it's also wildly unpredictable, you know, I, and I've had situations where, you know, the working relationship with, with new people was, was excellent and they wound up becoming sort of more regular collaborators, um, as, as you noted, Kit. And there's times, you know, frankly, where you, you thought the relationship was going to be uh, uh, more constructive than it turned out to be, I mean, and occasionally, and this isn't a, a disparagement of anybody's you know talent or work ethic or just their temperament, but you know every once in a while you run into a situation where artistically you just don't you just don't sink. And until you have worked with someone or start working with someone, you really don't know how that 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 relationship is going to work. So it's exciting, but it's a risk. And the the, the cool thing about having regular collaborators is. You, know, you have a sensibility for, if not specifically how you're going to work on a project, you have some sort of sensibility and some sort of expectation about how how the work's going to unfold. Yeah, I, I, it's sort of along the same lines. I, I think that 95% of the time I would choose to at least have one or two people on hand I'm used to working with. And it just makes, again, the whole what Jen said, the whole process much more smooth. That being said, I've found a lot of times when I've been cast in shows where I've known no one or the person I'm working most with in scenes is not is somebody brand new to me. If you allow it to be what it is and just kind of be open to what happens, you'd be I've been very surprised by how meeting someone new and who I don't know their process and I don't know how they work, I really have to <laughs> really have to be on my toes and pay attention and um, sometimes I learn something new about my own all the time I learn something new about my own process. It's actually interesting because I, I think the most interesting part of working with new people is seeing the way they attack a play or their process because I generally work with people who, I mean, I would say for the most part have similar processes and think about things the same way that I do. So it is interesting going into a new project and kind of seeing what other people are doing, whether I mm -hmm. think it's helpful to me or whatever is another point, but like kind of seeing what other people do with a script or... 
That's actually because I, it's something that actually is important to me when I'm casting mm -hmm. that I actually cast not totally, but in large part based on the way that people work. That's a big part of what I'm looking for in callbacks and things like that is, does this person have a sensibility, have a process of working that is something that uh, that I feel like is going to mesh well with me, but also, again, people who I know how to help, um, you know, because that's, you know, a part of my job as a director is, you know, if, if, if the way that they work is something I feel like, all right, I can get my hands dirty with this person, that's attractive. And it actually is something that I've noticed that there are a lot of times that actors who I've cast, I feel like in a higher percentage than in a lot of other situations, end up becoming regular collaborators of each other. But I actually think that's the reason, mm -hmm. is, that, is, that, is that I actually am very consciously s selecting people based on their method of working. So I'm not sure it's totally surprising that they enjoy working with each other, which actually isn't what I'm setting out to do, but it's a nice, uh, I, I think it's, it's, a, it, it's a bonus. It's a, it's a nice bonus, yeah, that I actually hadn't really thought about before right now. For me as a writer, it's very important to me to work with people who I know. Just because as most of the time when I'm working on something with people, it's because it's new. It's a new piece. It's still changing. It's the first time people are seeing it. People are judging the writing in a way that they aren't with a production that, that you know, something you pay for the royalties for and the, the playwright isn't on, on the, you know, collaboration at all. So it's, it's so important to me to have a director who gets the play and gets me and can have a conversation with me in a respectful way. And also important to me that the actors have the same sensibility as the characters in my mind, you know? And that's why, like, it, it it's very nerve-wracking to think about, because you're letting go of your control at this point, it's very nerve-wracking to think that somebody, that somebody could be looking at your play and not seeing it because of, who, who you're collaborating with. Mm -hmm. And and then once it's done, once once you've then people will will judge it as it is, you know, like that's that's the writing, that's the acting, that's the directing. But when you're still trying to work it out, it's it can get confusing what, you know, where the issues of the play are, whether it's in the writing itself or whether it's in the collaboration that's going on at the time. I think ultimately the the relationships you develop that's what it hinges on is how you're going to attack uh, uh, and, and deal with a specific play, and what you, what your specific, you know, worldview and perspective, how that meshes with the the play you're working on. And as a writer, I can see why you would need, you know, need to trust people who would have at least a similar sensibility as you. So the the, the issues that you're wrestling with as the writer, you know that that's you know. It, Usually that's where the actors are going to go. They're going to want to be interested in wrestling with the same things. You know, Kid has, as and I have worked together on, on numerous things, and I think we have a good affinity not only for for working with each other, like in a practical sense of what we're going to do in a rehearsal room, but I think we know what interests each other's sensibilities, and and I don't think we've ever discussed this, but I think we have a feeling when when Kit writes a new play or is thinking of working on. A, a specific project. I think he probably knows right away, you know, who he would like to work on that, and knows right away whether it would be something that particular actor would be interested in working on, mm -hmm. or not. And that decision on on who he wants to work with is based not only on whether they would be good in this particular play in general, but specifically how he wants to attack this play and the issues 
in this play that he thinks are worth wrestling with. One of one of the I think the very first production I did in New York was Romeo and Juliet, and I was working with people I didn't know, and there's some terrific people in the in in the production. But the the director and I just did not have a similar sensibility about what was worth exploring in the play. And it made it very difficult because ultimately, I think what we found midway through the rehearsal process was we both were very, very interested in working on Romeo and Juliet, but our sensibilities of what we found in that script that was worth exploring was incredibly different. And it made it a very difficult artistic collaboration because we just had different ideas about what was worth exploring in that play and what ultimately we wanted the production to be about. I also think it's... Um interesting to realize that with with regular collaborators sometimes the process works the opposite way of normal that it's not just I want to do this play and who do I know that would serve that play well but there are people I really enjoy working with and actively seek out projects that would wear well on that actor I write for specific actors I think every I've written roles for every person at this at this table um, and certainly when, when we did Macbeth, that came directly from, I remember sitting in a bar with a group of people talking about Tim as an actor. You, you were in the building, but you weren't with us. And, uh, and, and we were talking about, you know, that, that this very specific sensibility that I knew you had, but what role would possibly fit it? And I thought, Macbeth. And I got up and I found you and I said, if we can get the fund, if we can put some money together to do Macbeth this summer, do you want to do it? And that's, that's why we did that play. Was it wasn't just looking for actors to serve a project, you know, but sometimes the people come first. And you find a project to fit the people you want to work with. And frankly, you know, without being too cavalier or selfish, that's part of the benefit of having regular collaborators. Is particularly in, in New York, where you're going out on auditioning, and mm -hmm. there's parts that you, before you get them, you're just up for the audition. You're invested in getting, and you really want to do. Or, you know, you you you're reading plays, and you wish you could be in 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 that play. You wish you could get have an opportunity to be in that production to have somebody that you know and trust and that you want to work with walk up to you and go, want to play Macbeth? That doesn't happen every day. You know, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's refreshingly, um, it's, it's encouraging, it's empowering, and, 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 and it's easy. And if you can make friends with, I mean, it's networking, but like if you are actively seeking friendships and relationships with people who can be empowered to, to do something, because the actors do have to kind of accept a lot of what comes along, but if you can develop your relationships with playwrights, develop your relationships with directors, find the people who have, who, who will be looking out for you, then that's, you know, that's another source of work. It also, uh, tied in with all this, is that <clears throat> there's such a huge benefit to walking into a room where it is given that you're respected. Mm -hmm. um, because that you're already on step three of the process then. You, 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 mm -hmm. you, you skip a lot of the beginning. You could take a lot more risks. You're very, um, yeah, you're free to, to, to get moving in a much quicker fashion because the respect factor is a given, and I think that's huge. Yeah. And trust is a big part of it. That There's, there's so much that, uh, you know, again, I, I think we try to talk when we talk on, on this podcast and in our lives, again, about the craft of of what we do and the idea of being serious about it and that there's a way to approach it. But it also is really very personal if you do it right. Um, and if you really want to knock a role out of the park as an actor 
or really write a play that means something or direct a production that has something to say, you really need to pour a lot of, you need to put yourself on the line um, to do that. Um, and let parts of yourself show that, you know, perhaps you hide in your day-to-day -day life and things like that. And to have a group of people who you know are, or at least some of the people in the room, and it's great if it can be all of the people in the room, who you know are on your side, who want you to succeed, who it's safe to let that thing happen with. You know, I, I think you lose track a little bit about what a social space a rehearsal room is. Mm -hmm. And again, a... For me, when, I, when I'm directing a production, I am very aware during the first week of rehearsal that a huge part of what that is with the people who I've not worked with before is earning their trust, is showing them that I'm going to take care of them, that I've done my research, that I have an idea for what we're doing here, that they're in good hands, and that's going to make the last two or three weeks of rehearsal go well. But w with the people who you already have a relationship with, you can skip over that part. Not only can you skip over that part, but if you've worked with them on two or three or five or 15 or 30 productions, you, you are also, you, you, it's like adding three weeks to the rehearsal process instead of taking away part of the first week just to get a baseline. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting. We actually worked on a production two summers ago, maybe, or yeah, two summers ago, where we rehearsed it in a week. It was for Sam French, and we brought an actor in from Chicago who you had worked with before, and it was a, a cast of three. You had worked with two before, and you managed to rehearse this really difficult play in a week because you were able to skip all of that, and you trusted the actors, and they knew what they were doing, and you knew what you were doing, and it it came together in a week. And one of my very favorite uh, projects that, that we've ever worked on was creative writing, which was with... Uh, all really terrific long-term collaborators that we've worked with, but it was a brand new two-and-a-half-hour play, and we had ten days to rehearse it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a tremendous experience, but I don't think there is any way we could have gotten that done if we didn't already have the shorthand that we had um, going in on that. And what what's valuable about the shorthand is, you know, as we're even just sitting here and thinking about the, like the collaborations I've had, with Kit is that, you know, as an actor, I I don't really need to have a lot of discussion, and actually kind of prefer not to have a lot of discussion, and I prefer I prefer to to you know have you know sort of a spark of an idea, get up and try that, and you know and physicalize that as much as possible, and put that on its feet as much as possible, and you know I I say that knowing full well how much how much preparation Kit does as a director, how deeply he delves into into the world of the play and how specific his research is and it's so when I say you know I'm not interested in having a conversation it's not that I am uninterested in all the, the work that Kit has done but I can actually trust that because he has such a specific worldview I can just get up and work now and because I know he'll have a perspective on whether what I'm doing or not is working with his pers specific perspective and he can make you know, whatever, you know, adjustments, you know, he needs me to make, he can, you know, give me whatever sort of direction he needs, you know, me to make, knowing that he doesn't have an extensive conversation with me explaining to me what he's trying to get after, and I don't need to have an extensive conversation with him for him to justify his worldview of the play. It, it, it's sort of symbiotic that is, because we can both trust that we're both going to do 
a lot of research that's going to eliminate the need to sort of uh, justify the existence of our of our of our perceptions for how the play needs to work. That's actually really interesting, and and especially in light of something that that we've talked about often in the past. You know that idea that you need to let the uh, you need to show up to do your job and let the other people do their job. Yeah. That when you're up there as a director trying to act for the actors, when you're up there as an actor trying to second guess the direction, that that doesn't work. When you're up there as an actor trying to act the other person's role for them, you know, you need to get up and you you need to do your thing. And I think you're absolutely right, Tim. When you get in that room and you know, all right, I've been on stage with Carrie before. I know she plays hardball. I know she does her work. I don't have to worry about her at all. Mm. You know, <laughs> you know, except for as another actor defending myself from her. And so let's <laughs> let's get up and and you know <laughs> and do battle. But but that's really important because again, that's you know that's again what what really great acting is is two people up there taking responsibility for their own character and doing battle. And when you get up there and know the other person's going to bring their game. It really frees you up to not have in the back of your head wondering if there's something you should be doing to make the other person's job, you know, easier or different for them. Mm. Let's let's uh, talk a little bit about not just what it's like to have a long-term collaborator working on a specific project with you, but also in what ways is it important to have these people in your life? What can it be to have somebody who you've worked with on ten or fifteen or twenty shows who knows you and your work? as someone who you can pick up the phone and call? Well, as an actor, I I think it's important for two reasons. One, it's a crazy business. It's a crazy life to live. It's a great... (laughs) And it's nice to have people that are in the same boat as you and you can call and who have known you for a long time and you could talk over personal stuff. But on a business side, I think it's great for simple conversations like, um, do I need a new headshot? Do I need... Like, what... Like, I just got these new headshots. Can you look through them? Can you help me? Like when you're asking people who know you very well and who know your work, they're the best people to answer that kind of question. They know what picture is going to represent you the best, what picture is going to be the you know best representation of you when you walk into the room. It's uh, it's a lot better than asking someone who's new, even somebody who's you know like you can get great advice from anyone in this business who's been doing it, but it's very different when it comes from people who've known you a long time, and I just find it extremely valuable. Yeah. Because you know their agenda is to help you. Mm-hmm. Because right. they're, they're, I mean, that's what makes them a trusted collaborator. Their, you know, their agenda is to help you. And, you know, I'm always wary of seeking advice because so much of of our business is subjective. There, there, there are very, very few things that rely on absolute empirical data. And and so I, I think when you're soliciting advice on whether you know it's, it's your headshot or whether a role is good for you to take or the type of work you should be doing or interested in or or you know you're going to work with a new company or a new some you know or uh, a new uh, production team or something and and you need advice it's 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 again it's empowering it's encouraging and it's safe to have somebody who's a trusted collaborator who you know not only has a perspective that you appreciate because they're they're you see them as someone who's intelligent and professional and talented and and uh, uh, insightful but that their agenda is is nothing more than, than than to help you that's in in a business that can often feel chaotically unsafe having those those islands of, of, of sanity and encouragement are, are they're just they're really valuable and I, I think that that can be especially valuable sometimes 
when you're talking about learning from your experiences in retrospect, and, and especially once you've got a show up on the boards, you know, once something is locked and done, maybe I'm speaking for myself, but there actually is a very limited number of people who I actually want to know what they think about it. You know, once there's nothing that you can do, <laughs> you know, there, <laughs> there's a lot of ways in which it doesn't help to hear, you know, it would have been much... It can help to hear from the right person, you know what, it would have been much better if scene two had made this more clear. But, you know, there comes a point when it's time, as an actor, as a director, as a writer, once something is up on the boards, it's a lot of people's job to make you feel good about it. It's your parents' job, it's your friend's job. Candidly, as an actor, it's your director's job, once you get close to opening, to make you feel as good as possible about what you're doing. You know, and it, it can be really helpful you know, to have a handful of people who you really can sit down and do a post-mortem on something that you've worked on, you know, where they aren't just talking about what they liked and didn't like, but can actually talk about, you know, you were doing that thing, and it's that thing you always do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I, you know, and you were saying you were struggling in this scene, and I think the reason you were struggling in that scene was because you were doing the same thing you did when you were playing Hamlet last week, you know, last month. Um, you know, it's... Uh, it helps make your life a, a learning experience. Right. And, and I also think, I mean, I was thinking this a few minutes ago when uh, something that, that you were saying, Tim, but it really can make you a better version of who you are if you surround yourself with people who share a sensibility with you. I mean, it's something that I know today we all came here and spent the first 20 minutes in the room talking about the movies that we've seen this week and what it made us think about the way we would have done things differently in the movies, what we think about, what it makes us think about acting, what it makes us think about storytelling, and that's something that we do constantly. And not hacking on other people's work, but but it's not just sitting, because I actually had a conversation about the same movies with somebody else the other day, you know, which were much more a very nice conversation about whether we liked it or not. But the conversation we had was something that I think clarif- helped me to clarify a lot about what I think about things in the world <laughs> more than what I thought about the specific movie. Hmm. So let's do a little bit of a rundown, though, of the specific different kinds of collaborative relationships you can have and, and maybe a little bit about what's special about each of them. What about an, an actor-actor relationship, two actors who work together frequently? Uh, for <laughs> Just to go going off of what you said earlier, it's, it's very nice to have relationship developed with an, another actor that you know no matter what the project is or what's going on you know you you can relax because you're going to come in full force and you know they're going to meet you 100% with their own work and their own process and that's that's a nice thing to walk into a project knowing and also with two actors who've worked a lot together you know they can bring their history into a room uh, and their history working together, their history as acquaintances to make a, a role feel and a relationship feel more lived in. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of examples of it, but I know uh, Chris Stack and Jen Kerfman, who are in our company, I have cast them as a married couple in any number of different projects. But there really is something about the two of them in a room together at this point, you know, that they really feel like a couple. And I think a part of that is that they've done that so often before. And so you kind of hit that baseline from day one of rehearsal. Yeah, I mean, just going off on that, like a lot, like if you start, if you start any project, I remember I had a teacher, Gene Lasko, in grad school, who used to always say, this is sort of the same thing, but he used to always say, 
actors make their lives more difficult than they uh, they need to be. And his example was uh, it was a two people in a scene playing like an attraction, like a build up to to uh, a relationship, and. Uh, both of the actors, he stopped him. He's like, oh, wait, what's the work you did on this? And they gave this whole amount of backstory. He was like, stop it. <laughs> and, <they're> like, <laughs> and, he, and he's like, look at her. She's gorgeous. It's <laughs> all you need. Go. <laughs> and uh, that's, so shooting off what you're saying is a, a lot of time. It is nice to, it doesn't matter if it parallels perfectly or if you created this whole story. If you have a 10-year relationship with the actor working across from you, that's going to read. Um, to the audience as a connection, as a history, and fighting it is, is or, or creating a whole other story just because you're trying to, you know, it doesn't work as well as just feeding off of each other and the actual history you do have. Well, it, it's, it's been a long time since I've had a consistent actor-actor relationship, but I just uh, shot a film that was directed by a friend of mine who I used to act with a lot, Chris Burke. And, talked about. Yeah. and, you know, it's in, in, in terms of, of, of this topic, what was always great about working with Chris was that we, you know, we're of the same age, we're, we're, we're of similar type backgrounds, we're interested in a lot of the same work, and we were admirers of each other's work. And we both thought we worked very hard, I think we both thought that we were talented, I think we both thought we worked in a way that was interesting and, and provocative to each other. So whenever we had an opportunity to work with each other, and we had actually discussed this prior to working together, that there was a very, very healthy rivalry between us. We had a, a, a great scene study class together, and whenever one of us would work, the other one would literally go, oh, okay. We'd be impressed and we'd sort of inspire the other one to go home and work even more and to come in the next week with something even even more impressive, impressive I guess. And what that led to whenever we worked together was there there was this very healthy rivalry and very a very healthy challenge between the two of us to sort of throw down and, and, and give the best work possible. And I always found that really, really satisfying. I always knew when I walked into a rehearsal room with, with Chris, I was going to need to work really, really hard and be on my game. And I think that affected not only our working relationship, but the relationship that the characters we were playing had. And, uh, I haven't had an actor-actor relation like that in a while, and uh, I think I kind of miss it. Hmm. Uh, what about an actor-director relationship, from an actor's point of view? <laughs> from an actor's point of view. Um, you know, I, I think we've we've touched on it. I, I appreciate having the shorthand with the director. You know, Kit, you and I have worked on a lot of things, and you know, we're working on a, a piece right now. And what was what was refreshing for me, and I sort of realized was. We had worked together on several things, sort of densely. That, you know, repeatedly, we had worked with with each other, and then there was a long period where we didn't. And so, to be able to walk back into our rehearsal room with you, it was sort of the best of both worlds. What we've been talking about, it was sort of like a new, fresh collaboration of rediscovering how we would communicate, and yet still having sort of that same shorthand of understanding each other's processes a little bit. And and I think, at the risk of repeating myself, what what I appreciate of the actor director relationship is. Being able to trust that a director is going to trust me, if that makes sense. I feel, when, when, when I, I worked with Kit, and you know, we've worked together now you know, over, over 12 years, so that relationship has, you know, we, we didn't w walk into the first rehearsal on our first project trusting each other and knowing how each other were going to work. That was something that's developed over, over time and over, over the productions we've done. But there's, there's a trust level 
that we can challenge each other. You know, I, I feel like Kit has either worked with me enough and or seen enough of my work that, you know, as an actor, he knows what my instincts are. He knows what my bad habits are. He knows what my good habits are. He knows the things that are going to, you know, most likely inspire me or instigate me or challenge me. And and I, I can trust all those things and just... There's there's a there's a lack of self consciousness I think then because I know I, I'm in no way trying to win over the room or trying to prove mm -hmm. to the director that I know what I'm doing you know I can just sort of assume that mm -hmm. and and get about with with trying to tell the story as best as I possibly can. That's actually interesting because I I imagine um, and actually I have been an actor in my life but not very recently but but that actually is interesting in terms of the from the actor's point of view, that early phase of rehearsal, of how much of that is about trying to prove to the director that they made a good choice casting them, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, 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 that you know what you're doing. Um, and, you know, the same way I was saying as a director, you know, that you can, I can leave behind the part of trying to earn the, mm -hmm. the, the, the trust of the actors. I'm, I'm the same thing from the point of view of the actors, I'm, I'm well, sure. And especially for me, just from my particular specific experience in, in working, is that for some reason, for some reason, numerous projects that I've worked on over over the years, and including uh, a project that I'm, I'm workshopping now at the Actors Studio, I knew I wasn't the first choice. I, I can, you know, name at least... Mm -hmm. you know, immediately a handful of projects in which I was literally a replacement for somebody else. And I, I don't invest too much anxiety into that, but I'm, but I'm aware of that. And I don't think that's, that's a distraction for me or for anybody in the room, but that's just something I know is that often I get about the work knowing that I wasn't the first choice for a particular project. And so I don't think that negatively affects me, but when I get to work with someone who I know has picked something for me or has written something for me, mm -hmm. There's a pressure to that, but, but it's, it's also empowering and encouraging knowing that there's somebody fighting for you. And I think particularly in this business, in this art, where you can feel alone and you feel like maybe you don't have a lot of support or aren't sure where to get it, to know that there's someone who you respect and is talented, who's you know fighting for you a little bit or is genuinely interested in you enough to say, I thought of this play and then thought of you. Yeah. you know, that's, that's encouraging. And there are also, in terms of that idea of people being a second choice, that's some place where a regular collaborator can be of great value. Because mm -hmm. there certainly are times, and especially when you're doing like showcase projects in New York where, you know, people aren't being paid, which is a lot of the projects that go on in New York. Mm -hmm. It is just part of the deal that if someone gets a paying gig, they go and do it. And you wish them well. Mm -hmm. But there have been a, a number of times where I've been working on something like that or even working on something that's a paying gig, but someone gets a bigger gig where you've got to go wish, you know, wish them well. Where, you know, you pick up the phone and you say, hey, Tim, hey, Jenny, hey, Graham Gillis is someone who I've called off in this case. I've got a show opening in four days and I just lost an actor. That's not a place where you want to be auditioning out and backstage and trying to find a last minute replacement. You want to have somebody who you know you've got a shorthand with, you know how the role is going to wear on them. And, you know, again taking out as many variables as possible in that case. Well, and you know, especially if there's a week left, you know how that person will handle the pressure, too. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's that idea of, hey, let's do something together. You know, grab on. We got a project. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's something you really can only do with somebody who you really trust. And it's something I, I know, especially when I'm doing something that's a showcase, I always have in the back of my head 
for every role, who am I going to call if something happens? Mm. And if there's, if I have any inkling that something might happen, I'll even, you know, give them a heads up. Every, not necessarily give them a heads up, but you know, pick up the phone and say, you know, hey, Peter, you know, I've, I've working on this show I was thinking about you because one of the roles really was made me think about you and so are you going to be around to see it are you going to be in town next month <laughs> so just wondering you know to kind of get tabs on uh, on who's doing what it's, it's also disempowering because you, know, you develop those relationships because you know you respect them as people but you tend to also respect their work mm-hmm. you, know, you think they're, they're very very talented you know I it was some of the examples we brought up earlier. I think Leonardo DiCaprio is, is an immensely talented, talented actor. And I don't think I'm breaking any new ground by saying that. But, you know, uh, from his perspective, it's just got to be the coolest thing in the world mm. that Martin Scorsese, you know, it sees him as his muse and is ser- searching him out for projects. You know, that, that Quentin Tarantino, you know, who's just such an exciting, exciting film director, actively seeks out you know, uh, to work with Uma Thurman. That's, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're Uma Thurman, if you're Leonardo DiCaprio, or you know, if you're William H. Macy who gets to work with David Mamet, I mean, these are these are very, very talented directors. Or are, David Mamet who gets to work with William H. Macy. Well, well that's the thing. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really sort of a symbiotic relationship in that it's just got to be the coolest thing to, to know that this person whose work that you are a fan of and that excites you mm-hmm. has a mutual appreciation for you. Mm-hmm. Just on a... On a global perspective of your life that's got to be cool but then specifically how that that makes your working relationship has to be well i find that that in order for me to want someone to become a regular collaborator of mine they kind of have to hit the trust trifecta you know which is that you trust them and like them as a person you enjoy spending time with them you trust their sensibility and you think that you're interested in similar things as an artist, and you trust their skill, that they know what they're doing. You know, and it really is, you know, those people who I think of as my community of regular collaborators are people who really hit on all three of those things, and there certainly are people who I know who hit on two of those things. Mm -hmm. And it's good to know them, and I will call on them when something is appropriate, but it's those people who it's like I will seek out things to work with those people. Actually, going back to the actor-actor relationship, it's interesting because we've been talking a lot about trusting someone that you work with a lot in rehearsal and having that common verbiage. Shorthand. Shorthand, yes, thank you. Um, But also being able to trust that that person is going to show up for you in a run of a show as well. Because there are some cases where, not great actors, but some, (laughs) some actors will do a different thing when they're in a run of a show and turn it into more of a performance and kind of leave you hanging. Where if you know, if you've worked with someone, you know that they'll be there for you during the run as well. That actually is something that I think is very important. I think as a director, certainly, is, is, a, is, is something that I would look for in somebody uh, who I'd want to collaborate with, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's hard when you're a director and you get to opening night, you basically let the show go. I mean, you can do some tune-ups a little bit, but, but it's basically, it becomes the actor's show. And it is something that, you know, to know that they are going to take care of the work that you all have done together is really something that, as a director, I certainly value in a collaborator. A couple other things about the uh, actor-director relationship from a director's point of view is something that they, the 
quote-unquote they say, and I don't totally agree with, but there is something to it, that casting is 90% of the director's job. I don't think that it's quite that high, but obviously it's incredibly important. And when you really know an actor, and again that idea of knowing how a role is going to wear on a given actor, what what it's going to look like when Jenny plays this role as opposed to when Kerry plays this role as opposed to when someone else plays this role. It really, it's, there's much less of a dice throw when you're casting. You're able to have a much deeper experience of casting and look, be able to look much further forward of what the production is actually going to look like than when it's somebody you've just met in auditions. And then once you get into rehearsals, it speaks to some of what we've said before, but you know that if you know an actor, you know what their buttons are. You know what, what roads to lead them down that will be helpful to them, what roads will not be helpful to them. You know, I, I think I've mentioned in, in the past, but I think it's true, is that every actor has tells, quote-unquote, like a, like a poker player. But there are things that when an actor isn't connected, there are very specific things that an actor will do that if you that frankly the whole early part of my experience of working with an actor a lot of it is learning them as an actor learning again what hits their buttons but also what little ticks they have when something isn't connecting but when you are have worked with someone before you already know that and again you can start rehearsing on the first day and it also is important i think that as much as the regular collaborators that you've got that you know what they're capable of and how to lead them to their best stuff Every actor has blind spots. Every actor has places where, you know, they either don't connect the way they would like to, and a lot of actors actually have places where they think they connect really well. That actually is not a place that really serves them. And, you know, so it's good to know as a director, you know, what roads not to lead somebody down. You know, if you have an idea for the way you want a, a, a scene to play, a new idea that you have in rehearsal, but no that is not going to wear right on this actor. You're not going to spend an hour of rehearsal time learning that, if you already know that. It's part of rehearsal. It is part of rehearsal. You know, but again, it feels like when you're working with actors who you already know well, you've got twice as much working rehearsal time than you do with people who, who you're getting to know each other. What about the director-playwright relationship? Well, I mentioned it before, but that that relationship is uh, you know so important because it i mean it only the director playwright relationship only exists in new plays there's a whole you know canon of theater where the playwright is not involved at all the play is set that you you don't even have to worry about what the playwright was thinking you just have to do the play as written and bring your vision to it and bring your skills to it but when you're when you actually have a director and a playwright who are working together it's so important that they that you can like feel that the that as a playwright that you feel that the director respects your role and that you respect their role as a director that the playwright isn't trying to direct the play through the director and that the the director isn't trying to rewrite the play with the actors so that that respect of what is the role of each person, like the way you approach a, a rewrites and and re the rehearsal space itself is so important. And I know that you know I've been writing for a while now, but you've actually Kit, you've actually been writing for longer than me and working with other directors. And I've seen through your experiences working with directors on new plays how I don't 
want to work on new plays like you know through your some of your negative experiences I know how important it is to get the right director who knows how to work on new plays and has a, has a, a real keen sense of your um, sensibility and respect for you which is actually why I like to have you direct it because I, I we, we've got that going but it's it's really hard to find a director who can do that so it, it's when you can relax into that and know that you have the mutual respect and that the that, that the roles are going to be observed, that's the best, you know. That actually is something. I, again, as a director, <clears throat> I I mean, I love working on new plays. It's one of the things that is really kind of a primary focus of my work. But it, that when a playwright writes a play, they've been sitting alone in a room, in in their head with these characters in this situation. They have a picture of what they think it should be. But theater is a collaborative art, and there's no such thing as should be. And so when you have a relationship with someone who they understand that you are looking out for the best interests of their plays, and they know that you understand what it is that's important to you as a playwright, it's basically the director is there to birth it into the world. And, mm -hmm. you know, the, the playwright needs to be able to let go mm -hmm. and let them, you know do it. I mean, I actually, as a playwright, had, had a, uh, you know, I tend to respect very much the director's role in the room because I'm also a director and I really, I don't like to talk to actors about a play I've written unless I'm specifically asked to by the director. I want them to have that relationship. But I had one experience where the director didn't get the play. He didn't understand it. The actors were coming to me asking me to, to help and I was trying to do it through the director. And one day, literally in the middle of rehearsal, he said, you know what, I don't think this play makes any sense. If you can fix it, come up here and fix it. <laughs> like, okay, and so I did, but it was, but you know, that's not yeah. the kind of relationship that you want. But I also know that that again, trust is really the key thing more than anything. Because when I'm working with a playwright for the first time as a director, I am so aware, even more aware than I am when I'm working with actors, of gaining their trust and showing them especially early on, that I'm not there to hurt their play. Because playwrights, when they're working for the first time with someone, I think most playwrights have had bad experiences with people. But honestly, it is difficult sometimes to work with actors and try to bring a play to the actors, to bring it to them in the way that they need to understand it, when you can feel the playwright looking at you in the back of your head and thinking, and... and, and feeling like you're telling them things that is not what I had in my head. And of course it's not what you had in your head, but it's the thing that this person needs to hear in order to ultimately, three weeks from now, do the thing that you had in your head. And until a playwright has seen you do it with one of their plays, I understand, I understand why it's difficult for them to trust. But at the same time, it's like, it's like putting on a performance every day in rehearsal on top of directing the show. I think because I I also have experience as an actor, I have more permission that I I can give in that respect to a director to say, of course that's not what what is in the character's head when that's going on, but that's what the director needs to tell that actor to make it the story that I'm trying to tell. But yeah, I can see how that you know I've been in that room in other roles watching the playwright like kind of like overhang the whole production by by just like this claustrophobia of like, don't break it, don't break it, don't break it. But I, I also understand that if you don't have a director and actors who know what they're doing, who know how to work on a new play, there can be this handicap that you give yourself as a playwright, like, oh, they just didn't know, they just didn't get the play. 
the actor isn't the right actor, they're not playing it right, with the right actor, with the right director, with the right production, the play would work. But if you, if you find for yourself the collaborators that you trust, who, know, who you know can play ball with a, with a play, if they can't make it work, then you know it doesn't work. So it's, it's just setting yourself up to have no roadblocks to actually be able to look at the play objectively because you know it's not anybody else in the room's fault that this isn't working. And there also is, you know, that the degree of subjectivity there that different people work different ways. That it's it's not it beyond simply trusting, you know, that there are directors who what they do at the beginning of rehearsal is stage it and put together the rough version of what they want it to finally be, like the first few days, and then the rest of it is about honing it. There are other directors, and I'm one of them, who like to experiment a lot, try different things. But a lot of what that is is because I have a picture, I know what the play needs to end up being, and I'm trying to find with this group of people what is the best way to get there, what's the best way to get there to give them ownership over what the play ultimately needs to be. But for a playwright, for instance, who is used to, a, who may have worked often with a director, and it's a it's, not, again, not the way I work. It's the way a lot of people work and do good work, who are getting up on day one and telling people this is what this moment is supposed to be, and that's what they're going to make the moment try to be forever. If a playwright is used to an actor, to a director working with actors that way, and then hear me saying something to an actor that's totally not what they ultimately want, I can understand why they might panic if they are assuming that my process is going to be the same as this other mm -hmm. director's process. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it, so again, it, it has to do with getting to know each other and knowing, you know, what's, what's going to be what. Uh, what about uh, playwrights' relationships with playwrights? Because actually all of us in this room are writers. Obviously, there are times I actually have co-written a play with Jen, and I have uh, certainly worked as dramaturg on plays that everyone here has, has worked on. Uh, but generally, playwrights are not often collaborators with each other, but what are the values of having other playwrights in your life? Well, it's definitely valuable when you don't belong to a company or you don't belong to a group that can workshop something, to have another playwright who you can just give your script and have them read it, and, and in a non-competitive way. Because as with actor-actor relationships, there can be an element of competition that is alleviated when you have like a trust relationship that's been built over time. Same thing can go for a playwright that you respect their work, you think they would get your work and you can give them a script and have them give you feedback that you, um, respects what you're doing but also has the knowledge of all the other things that you've written and can be and, and all the other traps that you fall into as a writer and can help you give you feedback basically that is uh, helpful to you because they know they know where you're coming from. What about director-director relationships? This is actually a relationship which is even more rare that people, I mean there are certainly, I co-directed a play with Kerry actually, but it is even more rare that directors work together. Uh, but what is, is the value of that relationship? Well I was actually thinking about that because we were talking about beforehand uh, all the different kinds of relationships and that relationship really kind of struck me. The idea, just this image came into my head of like a tech rehearsal where there's like a few invited guests and really the most important in person in the room that day is the, f the director's friend who is also a director. Who they're going to go out for coffee afterwards and talk about like, okay, I couldn't make this work. This, you know, like it is a rare relationship, but like 
the director has to be the leader of the production and they can't really show any insecurity in a way and to be able to go to another director and say I, ha I have doubts is such a valuable thing that you know I if you can find some if you have somebody like that that because you're not always right and there's no way to ask people to tell you if you're right in the con in the context of a complete production but to have somebody outside who you can bring in who you trust is got to be so valuable yeah i have a very few people who i have relationships like that with but it's it's really important because especially like you're talking about when you're getting to the very end of a process there are things that you can be stuck on and certainly i you know, also that I enjoy playing that role for other people. There are things you can get stuck on because you're just too close to it. That somebody with a little distance, uh, who you trust their sensibility, who again you know are not there to try to direct the show out from under you, but somebody who knows what your sensibility is and, and can help you. And can help you with the obstacles yeah. of like, you know, that it may not be going the way you want to because of some production element or somebody you had to recast and so you can explain what the obstacles are and they can say, okay, I see where you're, I see what you've got to work with. This is how I would suggest you attack it, or you know, yeah. this is what I see that you're not seeing. It's somebody who can bring solutions. Yeah. You know, which which is something that very often I think you know we've talked about with feedback is you don't want to give people solutions generally. You want to help people see where the problems are, and and then the person once they see what the problem is can do something about it, but. There are times when you're at the deadline to have somebody who you know and you trust the way they work and you know they're a smart director and they can, they can give, help to give you a solution to something. We haven't really been talking about, because we don't have a, a designer at the table, but the director-designer relationship. But I think that a lot of actually what we were just talking about director-director kind of feeds into that as well. Because there are very many ways in which designers can help directors solve their problems. And also relationships I've had with with designers and and relationships between directors and designers that I've been privy to watch where really the designers are a real storytelling partner to the director and you know and can say this section this is has nothing to do with the set but this section of the play is unclear um, you know and, and and if it's somebody who you've worked with a lot um, it's somebody again who is able to have a step back on the process and give you feedback who's not an actor, your director, who's not a playwright, who's worrying about what's happening with their play. You know, and a producer, actually, if it's a trusted producer you've worked with a lot before, can help to play that role, too. And I will also say a special person in that category is an assistant or associate director. You know, I know that Jenny associate directs for me for pretty much every project that I work on that she's not acting in. And I'm an associate regular associate director to an actor and those relationships are so valuable it is, it is of such value to me you know to know that Jenny has a sensibility that I trust enormously I know she's somebody who I can talk to uh, about what I'm working on and to be able to say am I is what I'm seeing what I think I'm seeing I you know and and to ask okay they're not getting this what should we do and to have somebody to bounce ideas off of and somebody to bring ideas to the table you know and really hopefully with that relationship because there are a lot of people who have very long relationships between director and associate or between designer and associate you know but if you find a good match if you find a match of someone who really again you trust their skill you enjoy them as a person you trust their sensibility but also people 
who are better at certain things than you are. There are things that Jenny is better at than I am. There are things that when, um, you know, that I feel like with directors who I associate direct for, like I feel like the process goes better because I'm there to help handle certain things. When you can have a relationship like that, it, it really, it, it's great to have, to have a, a partner in captaining the ship, you know. Mm-hmm. That said, I also think it is, tend to think it's important in that case, co-directing is very difficult because ultimately you do need somebody to be the one to say this is what we're doing. And so to wrap up, what about the playwright-actor relationship? That's the last of the permutations. Well, I think it, it's actually a relationship that doesn't have... In, in the course of a production, there isn't actually a lot of interaction between the playwright and the actor because the playwright should direct comments to the director and the actor should also direct them to the director. They shouldn't actually be working on the play together. But when you are writing a play... Um, I often have specific actors in mind, and if I have a specific director in mind also, then I can, you know, basically write a play for somebody and then let it go to the director and let them work on it. But, like, in the, in the process of development, I can have a specific person, a specific actor in mind who I know can, who, who I think would be great in, in that kind of a character, you know. It's, it's hard because, particularly with, with, the way I like to work, where I feel like I do need to mess up the play for a little bit. You know, I do need to explore things that are underneath the text or possibilities. You know, almost alternate universes. You know, I, I ask, you know, why why my character does this and not this, and I'll I'll improv or propose improvs of can I, you know, where I make the the choice that the actor in the, the play doesn't make. And it was funny what you were saying earlier, kid, about you know, as a director, you can feel that that playwright looking over your shoulder. And I, I've certainly had that where I know I'm, I've, I'm, I'm in the midst of doing something that is so far from the playwright's intent. And you know, there's a discomfort in that because you, you ultimately want to serve the playwright's intent. And, you know, and part of the actor's process is being Ultimate, to, ultimately being the key word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, you really need to, in some, in some ways, really drift you know, far away from what that initial intent is to, to discover why why the characters do what they they do and and, and so that you can justify uh, for yourself the actions of the play. And so you really need to get really messy with their play for a while. And it's always uncomfortable for me to have the playwright in the room in those situations because I know what I'm doing is not the play. I know that. And if I if it's a playwright that I have not worked with before or... I have an established trust with them. You know, there's always that sort of gremlin in the back of my head, which is, I, I hope they're okay with this. I hope they're okay with me, you know, <laughs> stomping mud prints all over their play right now. And, uh, you know, hoping that they'll, they'll understand that, you know, I will come around ultimately mm-hmm. to, to doing the play that, that, that they, they want to see on stage. So, you know, as Jen said, I, I, I don't have a whole lot of interaction with, with playwrights when, as an actor. Um, but there's always, always, always at some point near the opening or after the opening of a play where I will sit down with a playwright and I'll be like, well, what'd you think? Mm. You're that <laughs> <laughs> mm. Well, it's actually interesting too because as an actor, you don't, if they're you know, in the room, you don't want them to be nervous or to think you're, you're not handling their play correctly. But also on a, like a selfish level, and especially on a new play, the playwright usually has something to do with the casting. 
-hmm. And you want be you want this playwright presumably to think of you in the future for plays or to write plays for you in the future. So it's not just about this specific play and what I'm doing right now, but you don't want you want this person to like you in general for your you know, to help your career. And I've seen on other productions where there's a playwright in the room during a rehearsal and the next day they come in with rewrites based on what they saw in the rehearsal. And that, you know, that's another fear that you could have as an actor is like, if they, if I'm not doing this right, mm -hmm. they're going to try to fix it with, with writing. And so, you know, if there's not that trust there that, that the, the, to let the process go, it, it can be, uh, it can be, Unfruitful. That's always, as an actor, I, not always, I wouldn't say always, that that can be so, This the scenario in which I feel the playwright is trying to direct me through the text, and it's not really even direction, you know, direction's a collaboration with, with an actor. If I feel like the playwright is trying to dictate what I need to do as the actor through the text, that's always frustrating because, particularly, I think most actors do this, where you... You know, you have your character history, you have your background, you're doing all your, your work and you're looking for information and asking all sorts of questions about what that says about this person's life to justify what happens in the play. You know, anytime you bring in new information, I'm going to recalibrate the character. I'm going to use that new information and figure out, you know, how this changes the character. So it's frustrating on a tactical level, on a pragmatic level, to feel like you're being told what to do through text. But it's also... Yeah, I, I don't think it, 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 at least with an actor like myself, if that's a playwright's intent in doing that, it's it's not going to work mm -hmm. because by giving me new information, I'm I'm going to reassess my character's entire existence, entire life, and possibly and come not in, just that line. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and do and do something else with it. I'm going to take if you give me three new lines of text, I'm going to figure out how that those three lines inform on the rest of my character's life and how that character's life informs those three lines. Well, then that's also why it can be really helpful as a playwright to have uh, actor collaborators uh, who you've worked with a lot and who you trust their sensibility of working on new plays. Mm -hmm. That it is something where when you're doing a new play, there are rewrites. There absolutely are rewrites as you're working on the first production of a play. But, you know, if you're able to, at the end of rehearsal, have a sit-down with the team, including the actors, and say, this is what I'm thinking I want to do tonight at my computer to bring in tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, and to be able to talk that through with people, and what would the impact of that be? To be able to know that you can use your actors and directors as a resource to your writing, rather than doing combat with their performance right. by doing rewrites overnight. Right. And that, I mean, I love actors who know how to... Approach new work. It is a very specific skill set, and the, it's a very specific talent that actors can have. And I, you know, I, I'm a playwright, so I seek those people out. I seek out situations where there are actors who know how to do it. So when I'm, I think they're probably on every level that there are, you know, you know, the playwrights on Broadway probably know like who they think could really knock knock this out, you know, and, and help them to, to not write the play for me, but to help me write the play that I am writing. I, I think that's, that's true, and I think it goes beyond, you know, the, the playwrights who are currently working on Broadway. You know, we, we mentioned in the, the introduction, you know, that Shakespeare worked with the King's Men and uh, had regular collaborators. And one of my favorite characters in the Shakespeare canon is Touchstone the fool and as you like it. And 
the reason that I think that character is so interesting is because he began writing it for William Kemp, who was the clown who played the fools in the company uh, early in Shakespeare's career. He played Dogberry originally, he played Bottom, um, and then uh, he died, and they brought in Robert Armin, who then would uh, play Festy and the fool in Lear, and that there was kind of a very different sensibility to the fools in Shakespeare after As You Like It. And As You Like It was a role he started writing for one of them and then finished writing for the other one. And, he, and it makes that character really complicated and, and really especially interesting. But it makes me think in, in such an interesting and, and edifying way about the way that Shakespeare's fools were different when he was writing them for William Kemp than when he was writing them for Robert Armin. You know, and, 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 you know, you think, well, oh, well, this was the actor who was in The King's Men to play the fools at the time, and that was true, but to what degree was Shakespeare really writing plays for his regular collaborators? Is he writing a role for William Kemp to play? And how different did Hamlet turn out because it was Richard Burbage there to play him? both because of what the rehearsal process was like, but also because Shakespeare knew that was the actor that he was writing for. And I would put my money on the fact that the canon of Shakespeare and the canon of Western literature is very different because it was Burbage there and not somebody else. It was very different because of when Kemp was there versus when Armin was there. And just all of that is to say that this tradition of regular collaborators, making us better, and defining us as artists in a really meaningful way, goes back to the beginning of theater. And again, it is always a joy to find new collaborators you enjoy working with. You will always be working with new people. But it's really important and really valuable to have that troop of people, that group of people uh, who you can go back to, who hit that trifecta. Um, and, again, who will change what the body of your work ends up being by being a part of your life and a part of your work. So, on that note, I think that's a good place to wrap up. And so, for myself and Carrie and Jenny and Tim and Jen and everyone at the Cry Havoc Company, thanks so much for joining us. If you are enjoying the podcast and would like to let people know that it's out there, please uh, tell them about it and also go to iTunes and write us a review and give us stars. If you have not subscribed, please go to iTunes and do so. If you'd like to learn more about the Cry Havoc Company and public events that we have coming up, go to www.cryhavoccompany.org. And if you have any questions or comments, please send them to podcast at cryhavoccompany.org. So again, for all of us here at the Cry Havoc Company, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. You can learn more about the Cry Havoc Company at cryhavoccompany.org. Questions or comments can be sent to podcasts at cryhavoccompany.org. All music from this show came from the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe.